0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Spirit Room. I'm Melissa White, and I am really pleased and excited to chat today with a very special guest. Her name is Paula Meyer, and she is an event planner, director, author, and speaker, booking agent. And so welcome, Paula. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Melissa.
1: It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, no, I'm so pleased that we get this chance and opportunity to chat. Uh, First of all, where are you calling us from?
1: I am in Aurora, Colorado.
0: Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And how long have you lived there?
1: Well, actually, we just, my son and I just moved back in January. We were in um, Washington State. Um, I lived there for the 32 years. Um, But Colorado is my home. I was born and raised here, so we came back home.
0: Oh, amazing. Okay. And tell us a little bit, I guess, about your story. How did you get involved in the, I guess it's twofold. How did you get involved with the event planning and the facilitating of all of these amazing retreats and workshops? And also, I guess, also, how did you um, embark upon the more spiritual part of your journey?
1: Well, um, I've, I've been an event planner for many years, um, probably going back 30 years. Um, a lot of the jobs that I had for different companies, there was always some form of event planning to do. However, um, I spent about 12 years working for an author and we did, um, events around the world, um, started off small initially, um, 75 people and got up to close to 2000 people. And so I've, um, produced, helped produce uh, for that author um, about 135 workshops around the world. So I got to travel a lot, um, met a lot of really great people, saw a lot of really great things and places. And um, as far as my spiritual journey, I've been, gosh, my my late husband and I, um, he was the one who really introduced me to spirituality. And um, when we met, Back in, gosh, when was it, 1997 or so, 96, somewhere around there. And so from that time forward, uh, you know, I learned a lot of things, uh, read a lot of books, experienced a lot of different teachers and workshops. And um, what brought me to where I am now was my husband in November of 2014 was diagnosed with throat cancer. And he had a um, very courageous battle with that for four years, and ended up passing away um, June first, two thousand eighteen. So it's been almost three years ago, and I, you know, I knew a lot about how our thoughts affect our bodies. Um, you know how our thinking really and our mindset really creates what our life is like, and. And I ended up having an emergency appendectomy about three months after he passed on my 55th birthday.
0: Oh, I can imagine
1: that. A nice birthday present. Yeah. Yes. And I, re- I realized that I created that. I, I really do believe that um, disease in the body is cre- is created um, by the emotions and the way we think. And when I looked up what, um, what appendicitis is in, uh, one of my favorite books by Louise Hay, which is "You Can Heal Your Life," mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, appendicitis has us all about the, f- the fear of life. And uh, you know, I realized that I had many warning signs prior to that actually happening over um, a couple years before, yeah. and I just ignored it. I thought I was doing really great things in the world. I was taking care of my husband the last seven or eight months of his life. Um, I was a caregiver for him. He had a had to have a feeding tube and, um, he had a tracheostomy. So I had to, um, do a lot of, of, caregiving for him. And, and I just, I was so busy taking care of him and doing my job that I didn't take care of myself. And, and I believe that's how I ended up there. And so I realized that, you know, that gr- grief is such a heavy emotion that, that I wasn't going to be able to make myself better, get healthier, um without really addressing the grief. And um up until that point, I had just been stuffing everything down. And um so I decided to leave my job and March 1st, 2019 was my last day. And I went on a year of travel. I um drove a cop across the US a couple times, um, went to Europe, went to Australia, went to Mexico, went to Canada. Um and just hung out with amazing friends, and you know, really spent the time to visit every place I was at, which I didn't get the chance to do when I was working. And um, and that's what really helped me heal. And so I I decided to start my own business um, as an event planner around May of. May of 2019, and I was just kind of slowly moving along. Um, my, my grief coach and I pr- uh, produced together two live events um, towards the end of the year in 2019 and then one in January 2020, and I had a bunch of other events scheduled and COVID hit. And right. so I, I in March of 2020, I was in New York City for a women's travel conference, and I came back home. To, vi- to Denver to visit my mom. I was still living in Washington at the time, but I came back to Denver to visit my mom. And everything locked down, Washington State locked down, Colorado locked down. So I stayed in Colorado um, through most of the lockdown. Um, and all of the events that I had planned, it had in the works, either got canceled or postponed or went virtual. And um, so the interesting thing that happened was I realized that you know, about a couple months into um, the lockdown, I realized that it was it was basically the same grief for the for the lockdown and losing my way of life and and not having my freedom, not being able to able to travel and all my events um, getting canceled. It was the same grief um, that I had experienced when Gary died, and you know, I woke up every morning, it was the same thing. I I remember um, after Gary passed, my first thought every morning was Gary still dead. And, um, you know, that sounds kind of like a weird thing to say, but that's the thought that went through my mind. So I had to, you know, um, move forward, do something different, you know, to, to, you know, create a new life, right? And so with the pandemic, it was the same sort of thing. So I got to thinking about that and how the things, the, the the tools and strategies that I used for my husband's death I could use for the pandemic. And then I came up with an idea to write a book. So um, my book is going to be published next month. Um, And and the book is really um, it's, it weaves in my year of travel, but also tells a story about my husband's diagnosis to his death. And um, one of the things that I have in there is quotes from his journal that, mm. that begins every chapter. So um so essentially I had bought this journal for him when I was in London one year. And it's a really beautiful journal. It's on the cover of my book. And he had written in about the first 32 pages and I took that journal with me on my travels. And um I, I thought, you know, I was needing quotes for another project that um my social media person was working on and I thought, oh Gary has some really great quotes in his journal. So why don't I use some of those? And, um, so that's how I kind of wove that into the book, um, along with, uh, like I said, flashbacks to what what was going on with him and what I learned from that, you know, what was the gift in my travels or my, or the flashback, um, that, that I shared in that chapter. And then each chapter ends with a little, um, activity to do. So it was really a great, um, a great exercise to go through because, you know, I had to revisit the the hardest part to write was when I got to the point about close to his death. Yeah. And obviously I hadn't, you know, I still had some, some challenging emotional uh, stuff around that, but it was really good to go through it. And, and one of the things that I think is so important when you're going through grief is you, you got to feel the feelings. You got to, you, you got to feel and sense where they're at in the body, understand what, why they're in that part of the body and what are they trying to tell you. And, and you've got to listen to your body and you've got to, um, you've got to put your attention there and move that energy out. Um, otherwise, you know, it's such a heavy energy that if you don't do anything with it, you're going to invite in um illness and disease and i had already done that right with my appendicitis and i didn't want to do that again so um so part of what i've what i um share with with in in the book and also with the summit that i'm producing next month is really how important it is to be in touch and in tune with our bodies cuz our bodies is really like the first gateway that um or the first sign that that something is wrong emotionally and, and we need to address it. And so, um, so yeah, that's kind of, long story short, kind of how I, how I went from there to where I am now.
0: I love it. And, I mean, there's so much in what you've just said. Um, going back to the appendicitis, I totally I feel you on that because I had the same thing. I had warning signs for quite a while, um, and I would ignore them. I just kept going, you know, a little tenderness, little pain or, you know, pangs of things. And I really ignored my intuition on that. And I ended up really paying for it because it got to the point where, yeah, it was like emergency surgery, you know, removing the appendix. And it was um, a week after my son was born. So it was very interesting timing, you know, for that as well. And I, I agree, you know, there's it, it does come down to what's going on emotionally, you know, and it sort of manifests into Um, oftentimes disease and things like that in the body so that yeah I I totally I can relate to that and also um, with you know the passing of your husband and then going through the grief of the pandemic I, I can I can see that I've seen it in so many clients where it's almost like it brought to the surface all of these things that people had you know, you think you've, you've got so far with your healing, you think that you're, you know, you're doing good, you're doing all right. And then it it can just come up to the surface in such a way that it hits you again. And it feels like it just happened almost like it's such an intense, intense feeling. Um, So yeah, I think it, the, it has given lots of people the opportunity to really work through grief on an even deeper level, you know, in a different way. Um, But also, you know, I think it's amazing that you went from producing all of these in-person live events, um, but that you've made that sort of shift now because, you know, you've had to be resilient and adaptable um, to do, you know, virtually. And then also um, the writing of the book, you know, what an amazing use of this sort of strange time that we've been in. Right. So I think that's wonderful that something so creative and beautiful came out of it.
1: Yeah. And, And it's really interesting too, because I, you know, when I first started, um, my new business and, and was working with my grief coach. I, I, I really saw my business as, you know, the grief stuff was just going to be a small part of it. And then the other stuff would be, you know, uh, you know, producing events for authors and speakers and stuff. Um, so I kind of saw this grief thing as just a little side thing and I didn't want to be seen as a widow. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't want anybody to think of me as a you know, poor, sad, lonely widow. And I just, I just didn't want that. But the interesting thing was, is it, um, you know, as, as I said about the pandemic and as you mentioned about that too, is that, you know, the the reality is that everybody is going through so much grief and it's not related necessarily to death. Um yeah. you know it could be the death of anything you know divorce is a huge grieving process um leaving a job when i left my job and and you know the community that that i had there that was you know i had a grieving process through that as well and um you know so i really felt like i realized that um i had a a, a bigger a bigger audience than just widows and um and i really felt like Especially with Gary's death in the, um, you know, in his cancer of the throat is all about um, expression. You know, it, it's in your fifth chakra there. That's all about expressing your voice. And him and I spent the majority of our life fearful of of expression. And for him, it obviously manifested in a very, very um, challenging, um, horrific way. And so one of the things that I, I Promised myself was that I was going to use that experience um, to help people, to help myself with expression and and speaking my voice, speaking my truth, being comfortable with the sound of my voice, and helping others to do the same thing. I think a lot of us are are, you know, we've been brought up to believe that you know what we have to say isn't important; that nobody wants to hear what we have to say; that you know if you can't say anything um don't you know any, anything nice don't say anything at all which kind of for a lot of people it's like just be quiet.
0: Yeah. I think that's so so true. And it takes it takes a lot of healing to get to that point where you can allow yourself to express yourself freely and honestly and authentically. But you know, I think that what you're doing especially with you know this work and I know that it's um uh, G is it G and P event works that's the Gary and Paula um, event works
1: yeah I, yeah yeah, yeah GP it, event yeah, works
0: yeah, GP so you're you know you're really honoring him uh and also you know empowering yourself throughout whatever you know what is such a such a challenging ex- life experience you know to go through that kind of loss so yeah i think it's amazing and beautiful to to do that and also the more you're doing that and then empowering other people to do the same. And so there's such a ripple effect. Right. So, amazing. Yeah. I love, I love that. And I, it's so true what you were saying about being aware of the physical body and, and sort of, you know, tuning into that more. I think that what I see in the spiritual community sometimes, and even with clients and students that I have, They almost they enter into and i've done this as well we kind of enter into the spiritual awakening and we forget all about the physical body we forget about the physical world because we're so kind of enamored and, and sort of involved in this massive awakening which is so you know it's beautiful but um we also always have to have that balance between the physical and the etheric and there has to be an awareness um, of the physical body to give you that sort of firm grounding and being rooted, you know? So I think, you know, definitely having that awareness of the body is so important and it's true. The energy of grief, it, it needs to go somewhere, you know, there needs to be some kind of outlet for it. Otherwise it does fester and there's no outrunning it. There's no hiding from it. Eventually it does, you know, it does, uh, it does become very, you know, very obvious, that it's, it's still there. Right. Um, definitely. Yeah. Something to, to think about. Yeah.
1: You bring up a really great point too, about once we start getting into the spiritual realm, we forget about the body. And, and the thing is, is when you're dealing with something like grief, um, you can't just forget about it. You can't just um, raise your energy, raise your vibration, um, take your attention off of it and it'll go away you can't do that. And, um, you know, with some of the, the less heavy emotions, maybe you can do that, but, but with grief and severe trauma, um, you have to experience it. You have to feel it. You have to understand what it is and what it means. And, and that's the only way you're going to move, move it out and move through it. And, um, and, and until you can do that, you know, you're, you're going to, you'll have a limit on how far you can go spiritually, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, and the good thing though, too, or the important thing is once you have addressed that and you are moving that energy out, you then have to bring other higher energy in to replace wherever that energy was. Um, for example, my appendicitis, um, you know, I had to replace that area of the body with a higher vibration once i moved that energy through because if you don't do that then the body is just used to what it's used to and it'll just you know keep bringing that um same vibration back in so you know there's there's twofold to it you gotta be aware of it feel it move through it and then replace it with the higher energy Um, so it's it's more than just um take my attention off it and raise my energy
0: Yes, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And it's interesting, too, because I mean, with the work that I do with people, like readings and connecting people with spirit, I always find that it can do so much to help and, and facilitate some healing, but it's not the only thing. And I find that sometimes people expect that it's supposed to be this, um, almost like a cure for grief. Mm-hmm. And it's so not that, you know, it's like, it can be very transformational and it can, it can be very healing, but there's still so much more that goes along with um, the whole grieving process. And I, I always recommend that people, you know, don't just stop there. You know, Don't stop right. having that connection. It's beautiful to have it, but also, you know, there's, there's more, there's more to it and there's more to look at. And I, I think it also depends on, you know, the, the, it depends on the relationship of the person, and you know the the dynamic and the any trauma that's been suffered. But um, certainly, with somebody close to you—a partner, a child, you know, a parent—that's uh, that's something that I think it takes it takes more than just one thing uh, mm-hmm. to be able to to have you know that that healing. Right. What about? for your, you know, for all of these sort of adventures that you've been on with, um, your work that you've done and places that you've, you've explored, what would be one of one or two of your most sort of memorable or favorite kind of events that you've really facilitated?
1: Um, well, the last, the last uh, year, I think, um, when i was was working at my former job we did we were doing big week-long events and um and part of each event was uh an activity we we did some kind of outdoor activity and we did this particular event it was in toronto canada and um we repelled down the side of a thirty-two, the hotel we were in, it was thirty-two stories.
0: I think Allison me about that one. Yeah,
1: and it was so amazing. I mean, I am a daredevil at heart. I'll do anything, but right. this was a little bit scary. And um, but it was super fun. And um, you know, it, it it was just something that that you know I'd never experienced anything quite like that. And and I was so proud of myself for actually, you know. Being able to do it, you know, and not freaking out and quitting halfway through, or, or whatever. I just, um, you know, looking back on it now, I, I was this was I think three or four months after Gary passed. So I was talking to him, you know, in my mind. It's like, okay, oh, hey, Gary, you're my angel now. You just, you know, make sure. And I didn't look around. I was just looking at the wall in front of me. Yeah. Um, and now. I, I wish I had, you know, been brave enough to kind of look around a little bit. But, you know, I had seen some of the other people that had been, had gone down and, and some of them would, would like start, start to look around and then they'd lose control of their body. And once you lose, like if, if, if your weight starts to shift backwards, it's hard to get back up to a, um, kind of like a, an upright position. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I was fearful of that, you know, I I didn't want that to happen. And, but it was, it was, you know, really fun and I do it again in a heartbeat. And so that was, that was, you know, one very memorable time for me. Um, Another one was, um, well, I love going to Mexico. We, we did a lot of events in Mexico and I just love the ocean and 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 you know, any, any time that you're outside, um, in nature, um, and the ocean is always really powerful. And, um, I, to me, I just, that, that's kind of like my, my, um, my happy place mm. and, um, you know, bare feet, feet in the sand, looking out at the sun, you know, the, either the sunrise or the sunset on the ocean, and then just really seeing, the powerfulness of nature, and um, to me, that's just a really, really spiritual place. And but there was another one, and it wasn't. I was actually, I, I wasn't doing an event, but I went on business to a um, a. It was a an event planning conference in Barcelona, and um, we did do a, a short event, and my husband was with me, but we we stayed to do that conference. And then we took some time off, but a friend of mine in, in Barcelona took us to Montserrat, which is a, um, a really beautiful monastery in the hills just outside of Barcelona. And, um, the, the, they built it for the black Madonna and there's a, um, a statue of the black Madonna. And so we went up there and, um, it's just this really beautiful monastery, but, to the other side, there's this, this pathway that you walk around the mountain and it it goes through the 12 stations of the cross, um, with, with different, um, sculptures and statues of Jesus and, um, you know, all of the different things that happened. Um, and it was just amazing. And my husband was, you know, he, 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 he would, he was a little bit better, but, um, you know, he had finished some, uh, radiation treatment that he was doing and, but his energy was still sapped quite a bit, but I talked him into doing this and he, he didn't want to, but we did, we made it all the way to the end. And I tell you, that was like one of the most spiritually amazing things I've ever done. I mean, it was just so beautiful. And to, to see that, Somebody back, and I don't know, it was hundreds of years ago that they created this thing. Um, how did they get all that beautiful art on the side of that mountain? And and you know what creativity and and um, dedication it took to build that. And it was it was just really amazing. And so that that was like my one of my favorite moments that I thought about when I went on my road trip, when I went on my year of travel was that I want to experience, you know, I had the time to experience that. And so I wanted to experience, um, everywhere I went like that, looking for, um, the divine everywhere I went. So that was,
0: I love love that. And it is such, there are, there's some places and some moments in this world that I feel where we're just so close to touching the other world, you know, it's like it's almost like this yeah. places that are just such a little, like just that bit closer, um, and it it's amazing to have that. And I mean, amazing that you guys had that experience together. Yeah, you know, able to have that with Gary, I think that's phenomenal, and I have no doubt that as you travel you know, eventually again, um, that, you know, he goes with you, you know, that he goes with you in spirit and that he's, he's along for the ride still, you know, yeah, yeah. these, you know new places and new adventures as you go. So that's, that's wonderful. Right. Do, you feel, do you feel like your beliefs have shifted or changed at all since Gary's passing? Like how has, has that changed at all for you?
1: Yeah, I do feel like, um, You know, one of the great things about, you know, I'm always looking for the gifts and everything, right? That's one of, one of my things that helps me move forward. And so when I, when I looked at, at, you know, his, his illness and cancer was, was terrible, but I did get time with him. You know, other people lose somebody unexpectedly. They don't have time to say goodbye. And Gary and I had time to say goodbye. We had time to, Talk about you know what would my future be? We had time to talk about what he would be doing. You know we we've read a lot of books about the afterlife and, um, and so you know we both believe that that you know we're still connected, right? And so we had the conversation of of okay, you're going to give me signs when you get there, and I'll be looking for him, and um, you know I'll I'll keep my mind open to not, you know, just dismiss something, um, because it's, you know, too coincidental or whatever. And so, um, so I'm really grateful that we had that conversation that, um, you know, before I, I'd never really experienced, um, seeing somebody die like that. I mean, my grandfather died, um, my grandmother died, but, you know, I wasn't around them. I was living out of state, um, uh, when my grandmother died anyway, my my grandfather died when I was much younger, but, um, but I just, you know, there wasn't that connection to the afterlife per se. And another really interesting thing that happened right, um, right before he died, you know, that, that he, we just got a gift from him in spirit. I'm sure of it. Um, his brother was with me, um, during his last days and, um, he had. He was basically, you know, the hospice nurses had come, and he was basically unconscious. Um, and then all of a sudden, he woke up. You know, he had been out for a couple of days, and all of a sudden, he woke up. He tried to stand up out of his chair, and of course, he fell because his legs weren't strong enough to hold his body up. Yeah. Um, but he was. the first thing that he said was, is the tumor gone? And I I looked on his neck and I'm like, no, it's still there. And he's like, oh, okay, whatever. But he was talking in the voice of like a, to me, it was like a younger version of himself, like a a teenager. And he, for like 26 hours, nonstop, Mm -hmm. he talked, he, um, he was doing this kind of weird, like tying of things. And he would like tie things around my hands and around his brother's hand. Hands and um, you know, I would ask him questions about you know who he was, where he was from, and and um, I asked him if he knew who I was, and he said, "Yes, you're my girlfriend." And I said, "Do you know who the, the guy is here yeah. with us?" Yeah. And he goes, "Yeah, that's my big brother." And oh. I said, "Well, actually, he's your little brother." Yeah. And he says, "Yeah, I know, but he's bigger than me." And and so it was just a really great conversation with him. We actually got kind of tired um because he was just full of energy he kept trying to get out of his chair and and um so his brother and I ended up taking turns you know like 2 hour shifts with him and mm-hmm. i remember um one of the one of my last shifts um i was i pulled his chair close to the couch and i was just laying on the couch um, and his brother came up and I, I was kind of frustrated. And I said, Gary, just won he keeps trying to get out of his chair. And he had one of those electric chairs. It's like one of those zero gravity chairs oh, okay. and he kept moving it up and down and trying to graph it. And, and I was tired and, and frustrated. And so his brother kind of scolded him. It's like, Gary, we're so tired. We just, you know, can't you just relax? And, and all of a sudden Gary got really quiet and he's like, well, you don't need to be such an ass about it. <laughs> and we just laugh and, and we laugh about that still because it's just so funny. I mean, he was just, um, but I really feel like that was a. And the interesting thing was, is that he was in so much pain mm-hmm. because of the cancer and the tumor in his right shoulder and his neck. But during this 26 hours, you would have never known he yeah. was moving his arm and his shoulder and his neck like, there was no cancer, no tumor at all, and it was really just amazing. I feel like it was a beautiful gift for both his brother and I to experience him that way. Um, it helped us to realize that that um, you know he, he's spirit, you know he he's not his body, right? And that um, and and you know I just knew everything was going to be okay. So it was a really great experience to really confirm to me that there is an afterlife, that there is spirit, that we all do go somewhere else. And, and I've gotten so many signs from him over the last three years, um, nearly three years. And, um, you know, I, I just know he's here and I, I talk to him every day like he's around. And um, and, and so it's really opened up my, my mind and my heart to, um, to know that, that, you know, there's more than what we're experiencing right now.
0: That's exactly it. Yeah. And such a, I think when you lose someone, when someone passes to the spirit world that is so close to you, it's almost like it opens the door, you know, cause there's a piece of you now that's residing in spirit, you know, part of you. So it can really, yeah, it can really open the door to spirit in a very deep way, in a very real way for people. Um, but they do say, you know, lots of times it's true that when people get close to the other, the other side, you know, the, final couple days they can have that surge um mm-hmm. of energy and i think it's very much spirit coming and basically they're they're sort of filled with spirit you know they're filled with that energy and then you know it's right before they 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 actually make the final um the final transition but yeah what a blessing to be able to experience that time you know definitely mm-hmm. um and to have been able to been there too right you know and to and to say like you were talking about expression earlier to be able to say the things that you both wanted to say to each other and to have the discussion about signs. I recommend that for people as much as you can tell people, talk to people about it because, um, what a, what a blessing to be able to know, you know, that right. you get there and that they can send you something and you won't question it because they've, you've already had the discussion. Um, so what are some of the favorite ones that you've received? Like what, what are some of the signs that you've received? Well,
1: on, um, Back in August, I I used to own a townhouse in Florida where my daughter lived and um, we sold that townhouse and we were um, just, it was actually on August 19th, which is Gary's birthday. um, I had been doing a course with um, one of my spiritual teachers and um, the, the, the homework for that day was to connect with somebody from, you know on the other side and and just see what signs you got today. So I was focusing on Gary and it turned out it was his birthday. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. And my
1: mom and daughter and I were in the pool and um, all of a sudden this dragonfly comes flying by and, and dragonflies were one of Gary's favorite um, animals or insects, whatever you want to call it. And Mm -hmm. the journal that I took traveling with me has a dragonfly on it. I bought that for him. And so anyway, this dragonfly was, it it's one, we were in the pool and it's swa- one, it, it flew around my daughter and I's and my mom's head for like 20 minutes and, um, just kept circling us and, um, getting close to us. And it was just so interesting watching it. I have actually have, um, video of it. So, so that was the, the first sign, um, <laughs> we were just supposed to ask for a sign. I ended up getting four signs, but that was the first one. The second one was my, um, my niece and nephew, their, their daughter was born that day. And, and so I thought, well, that's kind of, kind of cool. Um, you know, my, my nephew was one of, um, Gary's favorite nephews. And, and I just thought it was how, how, how funny and appropriate that she's born on Gary's birthday, right? Mm-hmm. And then we, we decided to go for a walk. And I always find like feathers and pennies and dimes and stuff um, that, I, that I believe are, are signs from Gary. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, people might say, yeah, but maybe not, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. But this particular walk that we went on, I found two pennies. Um, the first one, I just, I don't know why I decided to look at the date because before that I'd always just pick up, pick up them and like, oh, okay, this is from Gary. And I would put it, you know, with my other pennies or coins that I assumed were from him. But this one I picked up, um, the date on it was 1980 and that was the year my daughter was born and my daughter was walking with me on, on this walk. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool. And so then maybe five minutes later, I found another penny. And I looked at the date on that one. and It was 1973. And that's the year Gary graduated from high school. And I thought, surely these are from Gary because like how, how, you know, it can't just be randomly that 1980. I'm sorry, 1990. That's the year my daughter was born. 1990 and 1973 show up. Right. Right. Um, so just, just lots of things like that. Um, hummingbirds come around a lot. Eagles, um, husband, you know, he loved Eagles. And, um, another time I came home from a trip and I was upstairs, um, in the house I lived in Washington state, my, um, my uh, my living room and bedroom and office were upstairs, and my son had the lower level. And so I, I went up and sat on the couch, and I um, noticed a, a bottle cap on the sofa. It was a Coca Cola bottle cap, and I thought, "Well, that's weird. Why would that be here? We don't drink right. Coke." Oh, okay. and, and so I asked my son. I said, "You know, were you up here? Were you drinking Coke?" And he was like, "No, I don't ever drink Coke. And if I do, it's not out of a bottle, right?" Mm-hmm. And I just I laughed because. Um, Gary and I, when we go to Mexico, we love to go to Mexico. And our favorite thing to drink in Mexico was Coke out of a bottle because it tastes better. Coke is, is better. way better in Mexico. It's like mm-hmm. real Coke, right? <laughs> and um, so I, I just thought that, you know, that, that, to me, that was another sign from him because other, otherwise, you know, there's we, we never have Coke bottles in the house.
0: Exactly. In the how else could you even explain its presence there? Right, like, Does not make right. it, no other explanation? <laughs> right.
1: <really? laughs> yeah. So I've had a lot of great things like that. So I know he's around and I, um, and uh, I just, it, it just makes me, um, you know, it helps to, to, you know, in the missing of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's here and I know he's, he's looking out for me and, but I also know too that he's got stuff to do too. And I, so sometimes when, you know, time passes and I haven't gotten a sign or something, uh, I usually hear this like, oh, I've got other things to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it's true. It is true, but it's so funny because it's like the human part of us is always going to crave that, you know, always just want the reassurance just to know, you know, like have that sign in front of us. But, yeah, it's it's interesting because I think sometimes we also um, – we can't even really – I mean we have an idea, but like we can't even really fathom you know what what they must be doing and they'll they'll give they'll sometimes give through readings and stuff they'll give me a little glimpse into what their life is like in spirit and some of the projects they might work on or the things they get to experience, but I think a lot of it is still very mysterious, yeah, um so it's kind of yeah, I think it would be kind of cool for you to even um work with him a little bit to see if he'll divulge, you know, because I think it's, it would be so interesting to know, you know, what what exactly are they up to? Um, And I'm always, I'm always, you know, with my own loved ones in spirit, I'm always asking. Um, So I know some things we'll, we'll find out when we get there, but it's always just the curiosity um, of it. But
1: uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I know I know he's helping me with with my you know my book and my mm-hmm. um, summit and everything that I'm doing because I was I was on the phone a couple weeks ago with a good friend of mine who's also a psychic, and um, she she told me I want to do a reading for you um, you know let's plan it you know in the next month or so and I'm like all right and so we got to talking a little bit longer and she's like oh my gosh Gary's here right now. <laughs> And she said, she said um, he told me to tell you that that stop worrying about that this is taking longer than you think it should, that everything's happening in the right time that it's supposed to happen. And mm. then that really, you know, that was something that I was worried about. It's like, my book's taking too long to write and it's taken, you know, everything's taking too long or I'm not doing it fast enough or whatever. And so that message um, from her, and, and she she said he told her to tell me that, that he's helping me with this project, that this is something that, um, that is important. And so, yeah, I totally, you know, before I was always intrigued by, you know, um, by mediumship and, and communicating with people on the other side and uh, it wasn't really like probably more skeptical, but, um, but now with, with what's happened with with gary i just i know and it makes me think back too of of other signs that i that i think are signs that i didn't really get then from like my grandma or my grandpa you know
0: yeah it makes Um, you wonder you know things we might overlook right Um, but i think too you know with with what you were saying about the signs from gary those things not only So you have the dragonfly, which is something, but the fact that it hovered and it was there and it was like staying for 20 minutes, plus the feeling that you would have had during that experience, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's something that, you know, other people can look at and they might say, oh yeah, like they can look at it skeptically. But when you're, when you're experiencing it and you have the feeling and you have that connection with your loved one, it's pretty much undeniable. It's hard to, it's hard to, um, deny those mm-hmm. those experiences because they are so real and they're so meaningful and they have they just I feel like they come right when you need it right at that moment mm-hmm. where you're just needing that validation that yes okay yes they are still around they're here and the message is yeah sometimes as mediums we might I don't know I, I know I've done this and lots of my students will say this to me that they're giving a message and they feel like it's not earth shattering enough. Like the, we always worry that it's not going to be, Oh, is this, it doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal, but we never, you never know how much that person might need to hear those exact words and how right. meaningful it might actually be. Yeah. Um, so it's always such a, yeah, it's always interesting how they get into your thoughts and they'll give you the message that they know that you've been thinking about that you worried about or that you yeah. You know, puzzled over something, they'll bring you some kind of reassurance just as you need it. So, right. that you, know,
1: that you, was- you just reminded me about um, when uh, I sold my house I, I that we lived in for, um, you know, I lived there for 23 years, 21 of those with him, and it was five acres in uh, Rainier, Washington um, just outside of Olympia and it was beautiful piece of property. And he, uh, you know, he created amazing rockeries and it was just beautiful, um, inside and out. And I was really struggling with, with selling it. And I had talked to him about it before he passed. And he's, Mm -hmm. he was, he told me, if you don't, you know, if you don't, don't feel like you have to stay here because I know it's a lot to maintain and all of that. And so I was really struggling with it. And, um, my son was living there with me and he'd grown up in that house. And, um, he had he, up, up until that point, he didn't, hadn't wanted to, to sell it, but then we decided to sell it and moved to Colorado. And so everything happened really fast. The house sold really fast. And when I went to go sign the papers, um, we were coming home and I was starting to feel like, oh my gosh, it's too late now. I've signed the papers. I, you know, did I do the right thing? He says, Gary, are you okay with this? And, and just as we were coming, um, down, we lived in the country, um, down this, this main road, um, my animal that I love is an owl and, and I have lots of owl, Um, I feel like that's one of my animal totems and Gary had bought me a lot of owl things Um, Mm -hmm. anyway. So we're driving down the road, I'm having this thought, I'm like, Gary, are you okay with this? I, you know, I'm starting to feel bad and it was like two o'clock in the afternoon and all of a sudden across the road flies this owl and you know, owls are nocturnal animals, right? So they're not usually flying around during the day. Mm -hmm. And so my mom and I both saw it and we're like, Oh my God, did you see that? So we turned the truck around And went to where we saw it land and it was still sitting there and we stopped. Um, I have video of it and, um, it actually poked its head at us. Like, um, like, yes, I'm looking at you. And I just knew it was his way of telling me that it's okay that you sold the house, you know, I'm fine with that. You know, you've got to move forward. And I think that was probably my, probably my favorite sign. Wow. So thanks for reminding me about that.
0: Yeah. No, that's incredible. I love it. And it's such a good um, reminder for people, you know, that are listening that you do continue on this relationship. It's not like they pass to spirit and that's it. You have this relationship that continues. It's a, it's just a spiritual one. So the way that they're, you know, the way that they're present and the way that they're communicating is it's different. Um, have been, but, uh, that it's still, it's still there, you know, and all of that love and all of the connection and all of the rest of, you know, the beautiful aspects of, you know, that relationship, they remain, you know? And so it's it's absolutely, it's a, it's, it's beautiful to be able to be an honor, to be able to be a part of someone's, uh, end stages of their life. And it's also the most painful thing at the same time. But, you know, the, the beautiful part about the, you know, the continuation of that relationship is that it is eternal, you know, it, it doesn't end. And, right. so, you know, the continuation of their life and the way that they interact with us, I'm just, it's, I am always amazed every time such a blessing to, to be able to live your life and to know, you know, to know that they're still there and to have that connection. So yeah, I, I totally feel like you'll, you'll continue, you'll continue <laughs> to work with them, they'll continue to help you. That's for sure. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, any advice that you would give to people that are, um, like budding writers. Cause I know, I mean, you've done, you've, you're writing this book or you've written this book and I noticed on your website, which is beautiful, by the way, um, that you had, uh, co-authored some, some other books. So any advice for people that are writing?
1: Well, a- actually I've done, um, four collaboration books with my publisher and my publisher's name is As You Wish Publishing.
0: Oh, okay. And,
1: um, I, I did the first one. Um, the first book was called Inspirations. And I agreed to do that. It was like in March of 2019. And I thought, you know, I'd never really thought about writing before. I'm not a writer, really. Um, and it was just a, a chapter. And I thought, well, yeah, I could write a chapter. I could do that. So I committed to do that. And then I ended up doing three more. And and doing it in small pieces like that is, is so much easier. And, you know, anybody can write something that's a 1,000 words or 2,000 words, And um, I really enjoyed doing it. And I think it helped me to um, take the leap to writing my own book that, you know, once I, you know, wrote those four pieces, I I really thought I I could do this. I have I have a voice. You know, I was worried about uh, when I started writing my own book, you know, I didn't I, I journaled here and there, but not like long journals. You know, I'm not like a long journaling writer and so when I went to write my book, what I ended up doing was I looked at my photos on my iPhone. And so as I was looking at the year of travel, um, I, I, I would go through each month and then and just record into my phone while I was looking at the pictures what I was doing. Oh. And so that's how I wrote my travel part of the book. Um, and so I was, you know, my biggest fear was that, I'm not a good storyteller, you know. I don't, uh, you know. Is this going to be boring for people? I just, you know, I, I just didn't really have confidence that I, w- I was a good storyteller. But my um, um, publisher, you know, uh, Kira and Todd Schaefer are really amazing. They gave me a lot of pointers on how to tell a story, um, how to how to keep it uh, a reader interested, mm-hmm. and um, that was that was really helpful for me. And um, I did end up hiring a um editor to just kind of go through it and make sure it made sense that it flowed well because i had also incorporated the flashback stuff so i wanted it to kind of make sense um the other thing that i did that was helpful for me was i based it on the hero's journey and if if you're familiar with that at all um you know you can there's like 12 steps to it you know when you go through the hero's journey and so I, i i use that kind of as an outline to to write my, my stuff. So, you know, as I'm going through my, my year of travel, it's not like each chapter is a month long because some of them, you know, might be six or eight weeks long and then another one might actually only be three weeks. So it, it just kind of depended on how it flowed. So I I think, you know, more than anything is, um, you know, everybody has a story to tell. Everybody has a great story to tell. And, and somebody is waiting for you to tell your story and because they need to have the encouragement or the support or, or just a role model to look up to. And I I just think all of us, um, have an amazing story within us, um, and we should all share it. So, um, but a collaboration book is a really great way to do it because, you know, it's, you're just writing a chapter, so it's not, Yes. it's not as overwhelming.
0: Less, yeah, less overwhelming, less daunting. I know that's great advice. I ask, you know, for everyone, but also for myself, just because I feel that I've had, you know, this ugh, this, this writing within me or this, uh, you know, idea for a book brewing. So um, it's always just like a fear of getting started, and also yeah. same thing as you were saying, like, mm, is this interesting enough? Like, is this, you know, is this is this a value? Um, so I think that's great advice wonderful yeah. well, i so appreciate it I, I just feel really blessed that you you know you came to share all of this wisdom and all of this yeah. you know, your story so how could how could people find you
1: well um my my website is gpeventworks.com that's g for gary p for paula event works with an x so it's E V E N T W O R xcom and um I've also, you know, got my Facebook page, same name, and I also, you know, I'm going to be um, probably within the next few days. Registration is going to be opening up for a, a women's grief summit that I'm going to be doing April 22 to 25, and I have 18 other thought leaders and speakers that are going to be sharing about grief, and um, um, it's I'm really excited about it. Um, it's a four day online event, and you know if if you're going through any, it's for women going through any kind of grief, not just death, but, you know, divorce, um, pandemic issues, job challenges, um, health issues, anything that brings grief on. And we're going to, um, go through and give you really great tools on, on how to move forward. It's called gloom to bloom, transforming the grief landscape. And, um, I'm really excited about it. I I'm, Super excited for all the speakers that are going to be there, um, just really giving um, great advice and great, um, great inspiration um, to women who are, are needing support. And and one of the things that I learned, too, is, that, you know, a lot of times we think we can get through grief on our own, but we really we really need the support of the community to help us get through. We need people that can um, listen, people that can just hold the space for us and, and support us in the new me that's coming out the, you know, the new person that we're trying to become. So i um, excited about that. So you can get all the information on that um, from my website. That'll go live in mm, probably a few days. We're, we're yeah. getting, getting, getting close to going live with that. So.
0: Oh, that's phenomenal. And I, I think, you know, one thing that I've noticed I've facilitated, you know, some retreats and things like that in the past, and people will sometimes hesitate or they're like, "Oh, should I invest? Should I, you know, should I do it?" I always find that like it's never ever uh, a regret to invest in your own well-being, in your right. own, especially your soul. You know, like that is right. so right. so valuable. So I just would encourage yeah. people if you are grieving, if you're going through it, do check it out and right. invest in yourself.
1: Yeah. Think about this. So if if you don't invest in yourself in, in things that are going to help you move forward, then you're going to invest in, um, healthcare and, in things that to try to get better. Like I, I spent like $6,000 out of pocket for my appendicitis, right? Right. If I had been taking care of myself and doing things like this, that I'm, that I'm wanting to help people with now, I wouldn't have had to do that. I wouldn't have had the physical cost. I wouldn't had the financial cost. Wouldn't have, have had the emotional or mental cost. So, um, so investing in ourselves is so important. You know, we're 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 the only ones that we can count on to be here for the rest of our life, right? That's I'm it. I'm I'm it for me, right? right? I might have lots of friends and family, um, but ultimately, I'm with me the rest of my life, and and I deserve to um, to be helped and healed and educated and um and loved so
0: totally well i would love to close with this quote that i found on your website that i think is absolutely beautiful and it just says a life is all about events from the time you are born until the time you depart from one moment to the next life is a series of occurrences that create the tapestry of your life so that's Fantastic. Thank you, Paula, very, very much for for being my guest and wish you all the best.
1: Thank you so much, Melissa. I appreciate you having me on your show.
0: Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you.
1: Thank you.